this month on Now We Know. And, okay, so there's like soul food and then there's black holiday food. Most, at least in my family, kind of overlaps. I have a memory of uh, being taught how to like prepare a turkey or a chicken. And I think my experience in cooking reflects the trauma from that moment. <laughs> it's like the bones are moving. You're telling me that like you're saying this isn't going to come back alive. It looks like it will, you know. It's called Christmas in the Big House, Christmas in the Quarters. Um, and it is it is about the dichotomy between what it was like to what, what they ate. And I remember a poem, a little bit about it, was like, we bake the bread and we eat the crust. Oh, wait, that makes me think of how dressing is made. Something I learned as a young adult is that there are just two different worlds and one world is a sweet potato pie world and the other is a pumpkin pie world <laughs> near the two shall meet Hey y'all, welcome back. I'm Donna Green. And I'm Jonathan Stokes. And this is Now We Know, the monthly podcast where we are unpacking and repacking our Black history as we relate it to the world of today. We're here to learn and grow together as a community with the intention of bringing awareness to better our futures. And so I wanted to just bless everyone with um, a little tune. Sure. Hang all the mistletoe. <laughs> Jonathan, you don't need to look like that. <laughs> I think it sounds lovely. I just wasn't ready for oh, no. the, the R&B uh, Christmas song, the Black Anthem for the holidays, welcoming young baby Jesus in. I don't, no, I'm not going to actually embarrass myself by singing that. I was just kidding. <laughs> but I do love that song. So many good renditions of it. So many renditions of it. Yeah. Does that song not remind you of walking through like Target or Famous and Bar and just being like, well, guess we're going to buy something. Literally any store around the holidays. You don't even need to be the holidays. It could be like October. I think Target <laughs> had Christmas stuff out before Halloween. That Yeah, you're right. You're right. And I know Hobby Lobby It did. is the holidays. It Look, is the holidays. And it gets... And it feels like it gets earlier and earlier. It does. Now. It does. Which I guess, I don't know. For, I'd like to hear from your perspective as a parent who's participating in the holidays. Is it good or bad that it starts earlier? Um, I don't know yet. I mean, my son's four, so it's not even like, mm. you know, like he understands Santa, which I have mixed feelings about. Like he should know that I'm working hard to get him these gifts and respect me and act well not like a threat of santa bringing gifts or not for whether or not he acts right you know so but i am excited about like the holidays in general and i'm sure we all have so many wonderful traditions um and maybe from like your grandmother's dressing to your aunt's pie or the turkey your your uncle fried um but where do some of these black holiday favorites come from this episode we're going to be diving into our own holiday traditions so just before we totally dive into it jonathan tell me about your favorite holiday and uh, one of like those favorite traditions growing up. 
Well, my favorite holiday actually doesn't fall into the typical holiday seasons and it's not a real one. <laughs> <laughs> my personal favorite holiday is Valentine's Day. Oh, interesting. I, love, I think everyone looks nice and they're red and pink. Yeah. Everyone's being nice to people. It's all about love and they're receiving attention and da 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 da. And it's just a it's usually a good day. I do not subscribe to the singles day, the like, you know, making it a miserable day for fun thing. Singles I think that, remembrance, I think. Is, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Even when I was single, I was like, this is, why can't I also eat candies and have a nice day? I'm going to just do that instead. So <laughs> shout out to Valentine's Day and all the lovers of Valentine's Day. Um, but I think that when it comes to like, holiday holidays where you have to eat and you have to dress and you have to tradition and you know yeah. all the other things um I think that my favorite is probably uh Thanksgiving which is Dang. like a hard thing to say in 2021 I know. <laughs> you know and I think well I'll say why it's my favorite and you let me know why it's yours mm-hmm. so we're not talking about the true historical genocide sort of Thanksgiving I think of it more as that's one of the holidays that all of our family got together, um, whether that was like us going to Chicago or sometimes my family coming to to Ohio um, at the time. And so that's what I think of it because I just think of incredible food, family time, joyous occasion, like awesome music and all of that. So the love and the warmth that comes from it, that's why it's my favorite. Why is it yours? Well, very close to that. I think that... All those wonderful things come along with our holiday season. You know, we have this span where it's going to happen between Thanksgiving and Christmas if you celebrate those. But the winter holidays, you know, you're going to have a lot of good food, a lot of family time, a lot of closeness, whatever. But I think that the reason I like Thanksgiving as opposed to Christmas was that there was no element of yearning and disappointment or, Mm. you know, like competition. You know, the gift giving of Christmas always made it something else as a child. And I think that Thanksgiving has been consistent with the experience throughout my life. So yeah, that's a good way to put that. That's a good thought. I never thought about it that way, but that's probably why it's my favorite too, because I'm not a big gift giver or someone who wants to receive gifts only because it's like a holiday or your birthday or something like I would rather receive a just because random gift that's thoughtful not that you know Christmas and stuff wouldn't be thoughtful but I would just rather it not be centered around oh there's this date on the calendar let me make sure I get you something versus I love you like I appreciate you here is something you know Donna, that is, I know that this is, the, the episode is not about gift giving, but I think that the stress that I have surrounding mm. receiving gifts or getting gifts probably started during childhood um, Christmas yeah. events or Christmas Eve events, because it's like, okay, I didn't want <laughs> this. Yeah. I didn't ask anyone for this, but now I have to perform. Like it's the best thing that I've ever gotten because I was raised to be grateful. And that's like stressful, you know, yeah, it's like all this lying. Did you also have to like put together a, get a list of what you wanted and then give it to people? Like, what do you want for Christmas? Yeah. And then what are you supposed to act surprised? You know, right. I mean, you can be <laughs> thankful, of course, and grateful, but like, it's not a surprise. I told you. It's because, yeah, like it's different when or I put I together. And pointed a, at it. Right. And it's different when I put together a list for my son because my, you know, friends and family want to know what he needs or what he wants. And, you know, usually mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, he could, 
use clothes or something like more practical, maybe, maybe some toys, but I'm not huge on toys. Um, cause he has a thousand, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, giving a list of what you want feels weird. Unless it's a like child. a secret Santa <laughs> or something like no. that. And even then it's still kind of odd. <laughs> Donna, you just reminded me of something else regarding Christmas and we haven't even gotten to traditions yet. No, so I apologize, it's okay. but I'm, I'm they know how we do. We're random on here, so just do, <laughs> just do with it. Thank you all for riding with us. <laughs> um, I just remembered a time, and I can't pinpoint the age. So there's this time when you don't get a say so in your gifts, and then there's a shift when you start getting asked for your list, mm-hmm. right? And then there's this other shift when you're maybe too old to be giving a list, but you still want things for Christmas. And I'm an only child, so I'm I'm sure that this is probably a big only child thing. But I remember towards the Christmas time or when I started seeing commercials for things that I'd like, or I'd rummage through that finger hut, you know, magazine and start circling things. I would leave um, like ransom notes, like cutting out the things that I want, putting them on paper and explaining why I want them. I would leave them around the house, especially in the bathroom. So my mom would have some reading while she's leaving Easter egg hunt. Yes, of just like expensive stuff I don't need or really want, but it lights up and it has a character on it that I like. Yeah. So like I need it, you oh, know. Oh, for sure. You don't it's really need it, but you thing. want it. So that means you need it when you're a kid. Right. It's it's such a silly thing. And I think that's what adds to the stress of uh that particular holiday. Yeah. But Thanksgiving, you just eat down. Yeah. You know? And okay, so there's like soul food and then there's black holiday food most at least in my family Mm kind of overlaps you know like I remember Mm -hmm. after college I moved in with my then boyfriend now ex-husband and I really wanted to make um the make sure that our holidays were done right you know by bringing in some of the recipes that I love for my family so I had asked my um I asked my aunt what she put in her dressing because it's always been so good like my absolute mm. favorite. And so at the time, I must not have known what like a giblet was or that a giblet was in dressing, <gasps> but evidently the recipe called for it. And so I go I went to the meat section uh. Uh, at the grocery store <laughs> looking for giblets and like I'm asking, you know, the meat clerk. And so they point me where it's this pack of like organs basically that people may use but they typically don't want when they're cooking the bird so I tried I oh my god really tried <laughs> but I couldn't do it so oh my, god. <laughs> my boyfriend and I had giblet dressing that year oh. I'm like I'll just leave the really good stuff up to my aunt who knows what she's doing and yeah I don't, it would just be out of sight, out of mind. Cause I had no idea that was in there, but I'd rather oh not just cook it myself. Like I'll, you know, it was good, <sighs> but hers is better. And probably cause of the giblets, but I can't do it. It's so much. And oh my gosh. I, yeah, I have a memory of, uh, being taught how to like prepare a turkey or a chicken. And I think my experience in cooking reflects the trauma from that moment. Mm -hmm. It's like the bones are moving. You're telling me that like, you're saying this isn't going to come back alive. It looks like it will, you know, (laughs) like, no, thank you. No, thank you. (laughs) But I will eat. So you brought up um, the soul food versus holiday food. What was your holiday food like? And what was some of your favorite things to eat? So gosh, we would have like, I don't everything. I mean, we would have, um, 
your typical like greens, cornbread, mac and cheese. Um, for the holidays specifically, we would have a ham. Like that would probably be the differentiator. Um, but then sometimes there'd be like fried chicken or um, I don't know, like again, the dressing and... I like, I don't, do you like cranberry sauces? <laughs> I, I do. Okay. I like cranberry sauce. Yeah, I love me some cranberry sauce. Um, and then my aunt, she would always make these homemade uh, cheesecakes, which would be mm. so good. So like maybe just plain or um, she'd do like Oreo or maybe put like a fruit topping on the plane, things like that. So that those are like my favorite. Um, mm. But those are for sure the the items that we had in addition to actually like either a sweet potato pie and or sweet potato casserole. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> something I learned as a young adult is that there are just two different worlds mm-hmm. and one world is a sweet potato pie world and the other is a pumpkin, pumpkin pie, pie world. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Near the two shall meet. I was like, what yeah. the fuck is a pumpkin pie? <laughs> like, ew. That's so, funny. so not it. I like it though. Like, I think it's good. I oh, like me some gosh. pumpkin. Oh, they'd also no, make I've, pecan pie. But I can't, I can't have yes. that. I'm allergic to pecans. Um, oh, you are? Yeah. My husband is too. But so that's I pretend standard. I am too. <laughs> you pretend? <laughs> I do. Oh, like, I funny. just don't want nuts around. Yeah. Oh, that's you know? fair. Yeah. Um, but pecan pie is fire. Yeah. Um, I'll his, never know. Bless his heart. He cooks now for the holidays mm-hmm. and he's a really good cook. Okay. But um, he is often trying to like find ways to incorporate things that I'll bring up about my holiday experiences and I mentioned like pecan pie mm-hmm. and he's like well I can't do that but he's not allergic to peanuts and we had a peanut pie oh and well yeah oh <laughs> it's just my mind really went to salty. peanut brittle initially very close yeah very close but like it's almost soft. like too candy-ish yeah that's it's, yeah. you know so we're still working out our replacement Maybe if anybody like has almonds. a recipe what about almonds oh he can't eat almonds it's all tree nuts oh, okay. so you can have legumes but yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah, um, those kind of pies, the sweets, I think, separate holidays. Yeah, like, f- yeah. for instance, us having um, fried turkey became something yeah. in the like mid 2000s. I was like, what is this? People are frying Did turkeys, you... setting their houses on fire. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> I think was that a trend or? I don't know Did I just... where that came from, but I do remember my dad trying to fry a turkey one year and I'm pretty sure it didn't work. And I either made this up or... Um, this is true. And I'll probably need to ask my mom about my mom lives with me now, which is a whole other story for another time. But, mm. um, I know, let me just gloss over that. But oh I'm pretty sure we ended up having hot dogs and I'm not sure if I made that up or if that's legit. You ever, you know, make up a story when you're a kid and you're like, well, this is true because this is what I remember, but it's actually something you made up and you told yourself so many times it became your truth. That's what happened. I'm pretty sure in this instance. Um, Mm. But yeah, so I remember that was a thing, but in, I don't, I don't think it ever went over well, if I recall correctly, but um, something that I think other like black traditional holiday foods would be that we never had in our house. Um, were chitlins or chitterlings? Oh, Did you ever God. have those Chitlin. for any holiday? My, yeah. So growing up, the holiday house was my grandma's house, and I was always at grandma's house. Mm. And so, including during the prep for holiday foods, she was an amazing cook. 
Um, she was born in 1923. So there's a big southernness mm-hmm. to her cooking. Yeah. And that included us going to pick greens and go drive out to wherever Illinois to this lady who she knows who has a peach tree. And oh, we used to just cobbler. travel. Sorry, yes, yes, all peach that. Yes. Well, we would we would go and gather things for the peach cobbler, for the greens, and get, you know get the meats for the the chitlins and it was always an experience it was the most disgusting thing it's what i remember from chitlins being prepared was sitting in the kitchen and seeing my grandma like bent over the double sink and just lifting up pink ribbons oh <laughs> and like yeah. it's smelling like poop and then mm. like having it prepared and like cut into little squares almost like um egg noodles like uh-huh. little chunks and then doused in hot sauce and then being told it tastes good if it's smothered in hot sauce yeah. i'm like it didn't need all that <laughs> like it smelled like poop <laughs> earlier i'm not putting it in my mouth and that's mostly how i remember like people talking about chitlins growing up is that it's it's disgusting and it smells horrible but we never made that in our family um and like as a history of that I think this kind of relates back to high on the hog where um you know there were so many pieces of um history surrounding like the different foods that we eat um Mm -hmm. but part of that's because the slave masters were like you know what no I'm not gonna eat this so they just gave it to the enslaved people to to make right and i'm pretty sure that's how chitlins was a thing and so you know they they cleaned it um cleaned it up like you're saying and there's always this note of like oh it smells really horrible and blah 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 so it wasn't until gosh i was probably 19 um it's an interesting history because my dad um is an only child but he found some family that lived in Cleveland. So I grew up born and raised in um, Cleveland or, or born in Cleveland, raised in Shaker Heights, which is right outside of Cleveland. And so there's this family um, that he had no idea lived in Cleveland. And so this whole side of our Polk family was there. And um, I think our first Christmas together, I was like 18 years old when I met them. So this oh, was wow. a whole life of growing wow. up, not realizing I went to school with one of my cousins Wow. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting. I was so like, a, not attracted to her, but something was like intriguing or kind of drew me to her, but I didn't realize wow. that that was why, you know? Um, but I just, I found her to be like a really fascinating person. She was like two grades ahead. She's incredibly smart and like really beautiful. And I was like, wow, she's really cool. Like I, you know, would want to maybe be like that. Like that seems cool. Um, but lo and behold, we're related. And so I'm wondering if that was maybe part of my like attraction to her or kind of like being pulled to her in some way, but I couldn't explain it anyway. So we have a Christmas (laughs) dinner with their family, um, our family, I should say. And, um, for the first time I had chitlins and um, what do you think i don't think it was needed <laughs> if i'm being okay. honest like <laughs> we, we don't need to eat that anymore one but also yeah. like it wasn't like oh my gosh this is so good we have to have it versus is it just tradition in the family yeah. that they're like we should have chitlins that's what it seems yeah. like more than anything yeah mm-hmm. that's interesting how did they serve it um, was it slathered in hot sauce and or smothered in hot sauce or you think hot sauce was on the side 
weren't being on it. Um, okay. But I know like adding hot sauce to it was a thing, but mm-hmm. I just, it just looked like, like you mentioned noodles in a contain, like, yeah. you know, in a bowl. Um, so it's I It's different if you that. smell the poop. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure. when you smell the poop earlier. Yeah. When we got there, like they were done cooking. They had to have been done cooking because yeah. we, I didn't yeah. smell anything that would have been off putting. Yeah. Actually, in, in regards to the chitlins and our connection to um, African traditions into our new ones, uh, when I was growing up, um, of course, my grandma cooked for everything. I don't know all the details. I wasn't really fascinated with what was going on in the kitchen, <laughs> mostly just going on on the plate. Um, but I learned a lot when I was really young because <laughs> this popped up at the beginning of us recording, actually. My mom um, had this book that she gave me and in it, it had stories about what it was like to um, have ce- uh, holiday celebrations as an a enslaved person. And it was like in poetry and I, I loved poetry. So it worked for me for the storytelling aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I suggest it for anyone because I haven't read it as an adult, mm. but it's called Christmas in the Big House, Christmas in the Quarters. Um, oh. And it is it is about the dichotomy between what it was like to what what would they ate and I remember a poem a little bit about it was like we bake the bread and we eat the crust and like mm. it was just so it was so interesting to see that like in this book where we're talking about enslaved people they're talking about the same things that my grandma preferred to make or yeah. knew how to make <gasps> and it was just like in my house oh, wait, <laughs> that crazy. makes me think of how dressing is made you know if you said that in the house they ate the bread and they like then Mm -hmm. they ate the the crust and the way that Mm -hmm. dressing is made um at least how my aunt makes it is like making well it's all the cornbread now but it's cornbread and it's like like basically ground up sort of like with your hands you know all mixed together with like your Mm -hmm. veggies and stuff and the giblet and um Interesting. Yep. So that's and greens pro- with the neck bone in it, yeah. like who's eating the neck yeah, bone? Exactly. We are the pig snouts, the pig foot. Right. Yeah. But all like this is all so correlated. And I remember being weirded out as a kid mm-hmm. that it was correlated. I was like, no, this is about slavery. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're, but no, that's what we eat. But or it's that's good what we too. Like, it is good. <laughs> it's good if it's done, done well, right. you know? Because in our family, we'll do um, either a ham hock. Or mm-hmm. a turkey neck is what's used for making greens. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> one time my mom tried to get one over on me. And I was like, I want granny's greens. And my mom <laughs> made greens and called me up to eat them. And I was like, I took one bite and I was like, these are from a can. <laughs> and you tried to lie to me. And, were they? <laughs> and I called her out and they were from a can. Oh my gosh. Like, They're not, these are bright green. It was oh. disgusting. <laughs> they didn't we would down. never pick a bright green. Yeah. I know something about picking greens yeah. now. You know? <laughs> it was crazy. And she she brings it up to this day that I called her out. But have more than one kid, everyone, because they just start, think that they're your same age and talk to you like they are too. <laughs> yeah. Well, as a mom of one kid and his <laughs> mouth, sometimes I'm like, like. Because he thinks he's on your par with you. Yeah. Like. <laughs> He'll say something with a a tone and I say, like, absolutely not. You do not talk to mama like that. Mm -hmm. You can just say, Mm -hmm. no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sorry, (laughs) Philly, as he's laying here, you know, might as well let the people know the kid is not napping. Okay. And so he's (laughs) laying next to me and probably wondering why I'm talking about him, but I just love you so much. 
<laughs> sometimes you drive me crazy. What do your um, <laughs> holiday traditions look like now as a parent versus when you were a kid? Is anything a major change in what you do? Um, no, I I would say like I'm holding to, you know, some of the traditions that we had. It's more specifically food wise, um, you know, what I'm cooking. Um, I'll try and do the same for our family now as a parent who is also a single parent that looks different from, um, you know, when we were married. Um, and now it's like, okay, is it my holiday? Is it your holiday? But really we just, we do them together. So I end up cooking for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, and we'll just have dinner as a family. Um, so in that Mm. regard, it looks different because, um, my ex-husband will come over, um, because again, I'm the one doing the cooking. I'm not traveling <laughs> with all this food. Right. So oh um, he'll come over and we'll just, you know, have some family time. And then, um, you know, Gray either stays or or goes depending on whose weekend it is or whose, you know, sort of day it falls on versus the holiday. Uh, this year will look different, even more different, more so different uh, because my mom is now here. And um, she, I mean, so she got here a week and a half ago and... Um, you know, we still have what, two weeks until Thanksgiving. And she was like, so what's on the Thanksgiving menu? And I was like, I I have no idea. I don't know. (laughs) I haven't gotten that far, Um, but I'm sure she's going to want to do some cooking. And um, so it'll be a nice, it'll be really nice um, to have her here and then be able to share that with Gray, um, who's been excited to have grandma here. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. That'll be nice. Yeah. What what do yours look like now? Uh, with your husband, think I honestly things changed. I think after my grandma passed, just because mm-hmm. she was that house, she was that linchpin mm-hmm. for the family yeah. that like people travel, yeah. you know, from Mississippi to St. Louis to come see Grace, you know, yeah. and eat the holiday food. But after she passed, of course, you know, you don't have the big table anymore. And um, I am an only child to a single mother, so we kind of um, we started going over to aunts' houses or we'd host, but it was inconsistent. And we honestly aren't very big on holiday traditions. We will make sure that we see each other yeah. and maybe eat something together, but. Um, yeah, that kind of dissipated uh, throughout like my teen years. Mm-hmm. But now um, I started dating my husband in 2015. And I think our first, it was our first uh, Thanksgiving together. He was like, well, my parents would love for you to come over. We always host our family, um, you know, Thanksgiving, whatever. And I'm operating on a my family Thanksgiving level, right. which is not that like we could wear pajamas and come over and say hi and give each other socks and then take a plate of food and go. Um, he, however, um, has a gigantic family where in which his mom cooks for about 30 people that all are over at the house and it is chaotic and it's crazy and I'm brand new. And then there's a, there's a section where everyone brings out their guitar or whatever instrument and sing songs together. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was so much. It was so much. So now, um, years into being together and now married, um, we've all kind of stepped away from that chaos. Mm -hmm. His parents, um, well, his sister lives in Florida. And this one year, um, she was actually like pregnant. She was going to give birth close to Thanksgiving. So she could not fly. Mm -hmm. And so... um, his immediate family and significant others um, all flew down to just be with their family in Florida. And it was an intimate, perfect thing. No stress, 
not 30 people, you know, we're in our pajamas. So it serves my family traditions as well. And it was just so relaxing that we have been fighting to continue this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we will be going to Florida in the next couple of weeks. We're just continuing it now with the babies. And it's just going to be quiet and relaxing. And that's what we like. You know, during COVID, we had our first holiday, just us two, mm-hmm. and it was perfect. Yeah. And I don't want anything other than that. You and know? you can make that your tradition, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's how they start. I think that mm-hmm. it starts with like, we love what we do. And then people pop up pregnant, you yeah. know, and then it, it doubles and triples, quadruples until it comes 30 people. And then you figure out something else. Yeah. So I'm excited to start that journey, you know? Yeah. I don't think I'll get accidentally pregnant, but who knows? I don't know. I mean, things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> Do you celebrate Kwanzaa or have you ever? I have not. Um, mm-hmm. I've known about it. You know, um, high school was a weird time where um, I went to high school. And now I'm looking back with a bunch of racists. And mm-hmm. so the, the conversation surrounding Kwanzaa was always presented in a way that I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to bother with it. Um, but now looking at it and learning more about it, I could see us, um, incorporating certain ideals, but I couldn't imagine starting a whole new tradition. How about you? Have you ever done it? You know, I believe we celebrated Kwanzaa occasionally, um, but definitely not as a holiday staple in our household. Honestly, I don't even know why we celebrated Christmas because I grew a Buddhist, so that wasn't even related either. Um, pretty light but yeah um so yeah Kwanzaa was I know we have done it but I don't remember doing it consistently and for those who don't know um I had to look up a bit about Kwanzaa to know like what is it exactly because I don't remember Mm -hmm. why we celebrated it you know um but Mm -hmm. so and this is from history.com so Kwanzaa is less than 60 years old I didn't realize that it's so new um oh my god the main argument for why it's not legit by racist mm-hmm. teenagers in st louis missouri go ahead okay <laughs> well they're probably yeah. because of the following too so um maulana karenga a black nationalist who later became a college professor created kwanzaa as a way of uniting and power and empowering the african-american community in the aftermath of the deadly watts rebellion having modeled his holiday on national on traditional African harvest festivals, he took the name Kwanzaa from the Swahili phrase Mutunda Ya Kwanzaa, which means first fruits. The extra A was added, Karenga has said, simply to accommodate seven children at the first ever Kwanzaa celebration in 1966, each of whom wanted to represent a letter. So it is super new, um, but it sounds like it was a, a nice way of being able to bring together a community after, you know, something that was filled with racial tension um, instead of it being specifically. So it sounds like more spiritual versus uh, religious is the purpose. Which of is the what thing. I like about it. Yeah. 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 I think that's the cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it is something that, well, actually, I don't know if everyone learned about, like, did you ever have the, um, have the Rugrats VHS where Susie, celebrates Kwanzaa oh, yes. and then they had the others where they had the Hanukkah thing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like, that. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. I loved the idea of that. I remember, um, I think brain on Arthur celebrated Kwanzaa mm. and 
Um, there were different things. The Proud Family had yeah. an amazing Kwanzaa episode. Oh, the Proud Family. Um, but it felt like it, maybe maybe it's a mixture of my brains from childhood and now, but it felt like if you live on a coast, maybe you do this. The mm-hmm. rest of us are like just going to do Christmas here yeah. and secretly have our Black Santas. You oh, know? right. Like, we weren't ready. We weren't I've been ready hearing that, that like TJ Maxx and Home Goods and stuff, they're stepping it up for having um more like representation with Santa um Good. and other like uh Christmas angels or you know little characters or you know, yeah. I shouldn't say characters, but yeah, angels and yeah. um having more black representation there, which I think is yeah. pretty cool. I think that's cool. Yeah. I don't know how I feel if I walked into um, a white family's home and saw that they only had black angels and black <laughs> Santas. I would, feel, I would be giving me the armitages um, and I'd have to get out, but <laughs> I think that might actually be funny. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it happens. Oh, you know, there's a white family out there that's, that's getting ready for Kwanzaa. They can't wait. They have their dashikis. They went on mm. Etsy, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I guess like who, who are me to gatekeep? I don't even do it. Right. So, I'm fun. <laughs> Are there any tradition and uh, are there any traditions you wish your family participated in but didn't? I like not tra- um having traditions cuz the pressure's off, yeah. but I love I do love the the dinner of it all. I love the 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 I guess I like the forced gathering. I don't know. Maybe maybe um maybe Maybe I like the idea of us um, talking about what we're grateful for. Just little cute things like yeah, that, you know. I like that too. Yeah. Like maybe what you're most grateful for for the year, you know. Yeah. That's past. Or something like that. Yeah. Um, just like a love sharing. You know mm-hmm. what I like from Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, it's all about those moments for the holiday. Even if there was no food. Mm-hmm. It's like, can we just take a minute to to kind of connect, right. you know, and say, I love you a couple more times than we normally would yeah. and hug a couple seconds longer than we normally would. Yeah. You know, we don't get, we don't get a guaranteed next holiday. Right. This is very so, true. Yeah. I don't know. I I love that. And I don't know about your family, but my family is big on always talking about the relative who's passed and the silly thing they did and all oh, that kind yeah. of stuff. And it, it gets old because there's only so many stories to talk about with the dead person. <laughs> like they only did so much time cut out, but it's always a time when you do that, yeah. you know, and you always remember those good old funny stories that never fail to make you laugh. Oh, and I yeah. love that. Yeah. That's my favorite. Cause it's, it's heartwarming, but then it's also, um, I, you just reminisce a bit, you know, and miss yeah. them and kind of pay homage in a sense to, um, to your, elders if you will or to you know those past relatives that can't physically be there with you but you know they're there in spirit especially if you're using their recipes for stuff they're there (laughs) making sure you're not fucking anything up (laughs) right right (laughs) there's something there's something um emotional and like spiritual or mystical Mm -hmm. about the power of like being with your family and and sharing that amount of of energy with them and i think i just like that yeah however we can continue that i want to continue that Mm -hmm. for the new year even so that kind of closes out the holidays for us is by like the new year. So uh, my mom said it would always bring good luck to have black eyed peas and collard greens on new year's day. 
And mm. um, I was like, how is this even a thing? But we would really always eat them on, on New Year's Day. And according to this article on ARC.com, black-eyed peas are associated with a quote-unquote mystical and mythical power to bring good luck. It goes back as far as 500 AD as part of the Jewish holiday, Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year. So black people and Jewish people do have things in common. And then I was thinking, like, isn't your husband Jewish? My husband is Jewish and we, yes, I, yeah. I, I feel, I, I, we'll talk about New Year's in a second, but I feel like um, there's a lot of cultural similarities that make me feel very comfortable as his family is much bigger than mine. Mm-hmm. I usually spend holidays with his family. Um, my mom spends a lot of holidays, like she'll travel and just go with her friend oh. to do something fun. And I love that too. Yeah. I, you know, we're free, damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do what we want. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of overlap, especially when it comes to food traditions. Like there are certain foods that you eat on certain days, like you said before, and that's something that comes along with the Jewish holidays and Mm -hmm. the high holidays, especially. Um, so it's a fun, it's a fun, interesting tether that is there. Yeah. I like that though. So do y'all do any like tradition uh, or anything that y'all eat specifically on New Year's at all? Or like, are y'all having black eyed peas (laughs) together? So we, New Year's becomes debaucherous, I guess, when you're like 18, like yeah. it stops. Be- when I was a little kid, my mom and my aunt would um, usually have our, like me and our, my first cousins, we, we would all be in the house together. We'd eat late and then they'd go to sleep before midnight, but I'd make my little cousins stay up and take shots of basically expired eggnog. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we'd play like drinking games with basically expired chewable eggnog. Oh, and gross. <laughs> it was fun and awful and that's what we do. Um, the debauchery uh, never stops. You know, you kind of start hanging out with your teenage friends and staying out till midnight. Mm. And then you can buy drinks and you buy tickets to go do things. Yeah. Um, but my favorite um, New Year's tradition actually started out of kind of a tragedy. <laughs> so me and my husband, um, I used to live on this street in uh, in um, in St. Louis. It was the arts district. And I lived on the main street where all the action would happen. And so I was like, I'm not going to buy a ticket to anything. I'm just going to look out of my window because I'm getting a whole show. And so he came over and we made chili and we were just going to stay up all night. And And I was just trying to be funny. It's it's so cold out. And I was like, we're going to open the window so we can hear the gunshots at midnight. You know, something romantic. <laughs> and so we did. And then the, the window wouldn't shut. And it was negative something, something in the house. And like, it was so cold. And we were just trapped in this cold apartment watching the Christmas Prince on Netflix, eating our chili and farting. It was just oh, crazy. I'm sure. So now our tradition is to stay inside, keep it intimate, make a big pot of chili yeah. and watch a bad movie. And I love it. Aww. It's like my favorite thing. And so we we try to do it both on Christmas Eve into Christmas Day and on New Year's Day just because it's fun and we like chili. You know? That's so cute. So that's the new tradition. Aww. Yeah. What about you? Do you have a New Year's tradition? No. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> do you stay up? Do you go out? Um, I've done both. Like last year I was on clubhouse at the stroke, the stroke of midnight. Oh, wow. And, uh, the year before that, 
I think I was in, yeah, I'm, I'm mostly inside, but I'm not opposed to going out if I had people to go out with. Um, mm. So I, I guess it's, so there's no real tradition. It's just kind of whatever ends up happening. Um, but I would love to have a tradition like that. That's so cute what you and your husband do. Um, <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, just something where you like every year we're going to do X, Y, Z. I would love that. That'd be so cool. But to be determined. To be determined. And it's like a new thing and it can only happen when it happens. Right. You know? Exactly. So you just got to let it rock. Yeah. But that's basically the only holiday tradition I have. The rest of the holidays can suck it. Yeah. Really. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope everyone like has their own traditions that they either stick to or maybe kind of venture off like you and find what that tradition will be. Um, that they can incorporate with their own families. I think that's a, a really cool way to do it as well. Uh, you know, find what works for you if what you were doing before growing up doesn't work. And then now reestablish a tradition as an adult or as like a couple. Yeah. And if we talk next year, I, I hope that I find something else about the other holidays to to hold on. And I can announce that we're trying to do something again because it's fun to have fun on the holidays. Yeah. You know, it's I, the, the worst part about a holiday can be how stressful people make it. And right. it's not that's not what it's about. Exactly. It's so not what it's about. Being somewhere dressed as something to take a picture with a Santa that costs $50 mm-hmm. or whatever is not what it's about right. like it's about the time that you spend in line with your family right. you know and the stories that you tell and stuff like that you know it's we just I think maybe 2020 put it more into perspective and like confirmed what I don't like about those big mm-hmm. um plan setting you know yeah. um traditions because it's like okay so then we run into another pandemic and can't do it and then the holidays ruined no right like we we celebrate what we have when we have it yeah you know anyway i'm off my soapbox no, i hope everyone good. has a good time yeah <laughs> happy holidays to everybody um and y'all before we go we are officially together but separate so um this will be the last episode released under real relatable so now we know is its own entity, I guess, or its own little branch. Um, So make sure you find Now We Know on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Acre, and more platforms are coming, but that takes a minute to totally um, get going. But at least you can find them separately, which is kind of cool to um, make that leap. And But we're still under the same brand, if you will. Hell yeah. (laughs) We appreciate y'all for joining us each and every month. If you think more people would benefit from hearing this conversation, please be sure to share the podcast with a friend or family member. If you like what you hear, please be sure to also like, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. You can find me on Instagram at Donna Janine or the podcast at Real Relatable Podcasts. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And we'll catch you next next time. We will see y'all next month. Bye.